Hey, I'm Megan. And I'm Sharon, and welcome to The Breakup Dress. Each week, we will be delving into the fashion world, tackling the issues around fast fashion, education about sustainable fashion, and we want you to get involved as we share memories from our wardrobes. Welcome to the season two finale. I can't believe we're here. The last episode. Oh my God, like absolutely crazy. I can't believe this is the last episode of the second season. What? I remember we were planning it. I remember looking at the date and like knowing that it was this Sunday and then what the date and I was kind of thinking, geez, that seems like ages away. Like that's 12 weeks. So while it's been ages, it kind of has flown as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think having guests on and meeting so many new people and incredible uh, you know, advice from everyone. It was just so nice. So I look forward to getting more guests on in the next season. Well, actually, we have a very special guest on today for the finale. And um, I'm excited to chat to this person because I've known them for a while. Um, and I've watched um, their career, I guess, absolutely blow up um, like in recent years and just dying to get more information off them about everything. And definitely yeah. one of Ireland's most fashionable people is what I'm going to say. And uh, I think they will be sharing lots of nuggets of wisdom with us from their style and just how their social media has completely blown up. I know you haven't met this person yet, so I'd say um, you you know who it is, obviously, because you've seen and you've done your research. But uh, yeah, so very excited. But before, yeah, before they join us, what have you been up to this week? Oh my God, this has been one of the biggest, busiest weeks ever. It's just one of those weeks, as you know, where every little single bit of time is block booked. Um, but been great, like really, really great. I had a lovely weekend break in Kerry that was very needed. So yeah, it was really, really good. It was so nice down there. And apparently this weekend, we're going to have a little bit of a heat wave. So that'll be fun. Yeah, I'm so working for it. hopefully by the time this, <laughs> yeah, hopefully by the time this comes out, we'll... Um, We'll be sunning ourselves or getting ready to. But um, I had um, another mad week. I was interviewing Dr. Nora Patton on Tuesday morning. She is going to be Ireland's first woman in space. She, if, I don't know if you know her. She's, um, she's on social media. She's class. No. Do you know her? No, I should actually give her a follow. That's amazing. Do. Class. Yeah, Dr. Nora Patton, space Nora. Um, she's so cool. I've actually interviewed her, met her a few times over the years in Limerick. And she's, um, she's amazing. She's such a cool story. So she's one to follow. Um, obviously very big in science and space and all yeah. those things and she's just so cool so I interviewed her in the morning at the it was the ESB science class so it was a really cool event for primary kids and then after that I went to UL because UL are celebrating 50 years of existence as you know I'm a, a UL alumni and mm-hmm. uh, Ryan Toberty was there so I interviewed Tubbs as well also shout out to Ryan Toberty who's 50 today um, when this goes out on Sunday so um, it was really cool to catch Aww. up with him I've actually met him quite a bit over the years of my career he's always been so lovely and so amazing and of course his last Late Late Show was Friday night, so um, I think he'll be a huge loss. Really like him, he's so sound. Um, and yeah, he it's will. just been, you know, if you know me, it's all the same thing every week. And then, of course, by the time this goes out, I don't know, I won't be able to say results, but um, by the time this records, it hasn't happened. Uh, Munster are in the uh, URC final down in Cape Town, and Limerick are in the hurling, so there's been a lot of sport this week as well with work, but all good. Yeah, very good. Well, by the time this comes out, I'll be doing my talk as well in the bank in Dublin 8. So, yeah, I'm super excited for that too. Uh, Fanula is going to be coming on. Fanula J, our first guest, is going to be coming on and talking as well. And there's lots of small businesses talking too. So if anyone's listening and they're there, I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to take loads of social media. I know, yeah. That's literally my downfall. I I will. I will. I've gotten better. I, I think, yeah, like we talked about this before, I think... 
I don't know, I'm such a moment to moment person that I need to remember to stop and like, you know, record it and talk about it and, you know. Yeah, it's hugely important. Did you take that selfie actually I told you to take during the week when you had that coffee? No, Megan. Jesus, you're roasting me. (laughs) With all the listeners here. Okay, yes, I'm a technophobe. I'm 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 just trying to to be helpful. I'm just trying to do the helpful business No, you are. And I wish I could just have a sliver of how good you are on social. But it's getting there. It's getting there, you know. Actually, this guest will probably give us some tips because they are obviously huge on it. But I found... um, what I try to do is, like, it's what I do at music festivals. When I get there the first day when we're all fresh and lovely and clean and wearing our lovely outfits, I take all the photos then of everyone. As soon as we land, we're set up and we have that first can. I'm like, right, quick. Yeah. And I know everyone's, oh, Megan. And I'm like, no, take them now. Then th- throw the phone away. Done for the weekend. And then I usually find by Monday or Tuesday, the WhatsApp group start going off. And Megan, do you have any of those photos? And I'm like, yes, I do actually have all those photos. Um, so I think it's always great to just get it over and done with as fast as you can. And then you can just enjoy yourself. You know what? You are so, so right. Because any pictures that I look back on over years ago, they are all ones that you instigated. At the time, mm-hmm. I might have been like, oh, Jesus, I don't want to take a picture. And it's so funny because most of my favorite pictures is with you and I because you take <laughs> yeah. them and I never think to take them. So it's like, yeah. And I look back and I'm like, thank God you were the picture person because, yeah, oh, we have loads of love pictures. Love it. My poor, yeah. my poor iPhone's going to explode. Um, but anyways, we're getting very close to our guest. Um, as always, we just want to say thank you for your support with us for the past two seasons. And of course, we are on Instagram and on TikTok, we are at The Breakup Dress, so we'll be keeping our socials active while we take a small break after this. But as always, we'd love if you could subscribe, share the love, um, share this with people you know. If you know someone who's maybe conscious about sustainable fashion or wants to learn mm-hmm. more, do send them in our direction. Um, and it'd be great to kind of build a little community as well around The Breakup Dress. Absolutely. And guys, don't forget about your stories. They don't even have to be specifically like fashion related. That's great. But anything at all. We love the crack. Like, you know, some of the stories we get in are absolutely gas. So, yeah, if you want to shout it out, we can keep it anonymous, of course. But make sure you get them in. Give us yeah, a laugh. I definitely want to build up more of those stories because <laughs> they're always good crack. Because I find sometimes yeah. people tell us stories on nights out or something. And then we're like, oh, save mm. that for the pod. Or else sometimes we're like, can we record that? So Yeah, um, yeah, totally. There'll be lots of plotting and planning. And actually... During the summer too, we will be off to a beat. Actually, no, in two weeks we're off to a beat. Yeah, God, the yeah. stories we're probably going to have from that. Uh, <laughs> might not be sharing them. <laughs> oh, did I tell you? I literally landed on my feet. Guess what? Where I got my wardrobe from for, for my holidays. Charity shop. No. Your sister. Fiona went to Ibiza four years ago and she goes, Sharon, I have some clothes. I don't know like if you're going to like them or whatever. And, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm sure we will. We kind of have similar taste. And she took everything out and they're perfect. She's like an evening kind of dress that's like, you know, sexy that you can wear to the beach, but you can also wear for dinner. Like a cool two-piece, like a see-through kind of beach dress. She had all of these things. And I was like, I am sorted. I don't have to look for one thing. I'm just wearing my sister's wardrobe. That's ideal though. That is actually ideal. Um, Right. Well, I cannot wait for Bita. Of course, we'll share stuff on our personal pages. We might share the odd thing on the breakup dress page, depending on... On how we look, and sure you're Megan half cut at twelve o'clock with her arse out (laughs) (laughs) in Ocean Beach. Be like, Um, well, yeah, I think it's time that we shall welcome our guest in. Okay, so we've been teasing you about our guest, and I can finally reveal that he is Mr. Damien Broderick. How are you getting on? I'm very well. I'm very well indeed. I have to say, you are probably, I'm going to say, Ireland's most stylish man. You have an incredible social media presence. 
and you are now living in Italy and originally from Dublin. I mean, I have to say, I've known you now. I, I was trying to figure out when I first met you. I think it was when I lived up in Dublin in after London, so possibly 2014 we met, so nearly 10 years ago. Mm. And I yeah, have God. loved watching your like whole growth in, in the world of social media. But maybe for those who haven't met you yet and haven't seen your famous videos, give us a little bit of a, a little bit of biography of who Damien Broderick is. Oh God, uh, um, I just get dressed on the internet <laughs> <laughs> and loads of people watch it. Um, like, I mean, that's pretty much it in a, in a nutshell. I suppose it's kind of like classic menswear outfit. It's, it's essentially a documentation of what I wear every day. I'm not telling people what to wear or what they should or shouldn't do. It's essentially a 30 to, 30 to 90 second clip of what I'm wearing every single day. And I've done that for a little over two years now. Wow. So it's just wow. been two years. When did your like social media growth start to happen? So I've been doing the whole like Instagram thing. Like as Megan mentioned, we know each other nearly, ten, nearly 10 years. So like going to events and I, like what the buzzwords are now, like back then I would have been considered a micro influencer. I would have had, you know, less than 15,000 followers. And that on Instagram, this is well before TikTok was even, you know, a twinkle in someone's imagination but on instagram it took me eight years to still you know not even break 20k wow. and then tiktok came around during lockdown and then i was just a consumer on tiktok like most people mm -hmm. during lockdown like what else do you do but scroll mindlessly through tiktok when there's nothing else to do and i can't bake so the banana bread trend was not for me <laughs> um so I was looking at the at the app and I could see the growth. I could see people going viral and becoming essentially like world famous influencers overnight. And it wasn't, you know, me sitting in bed and be like, okay, how do I do a trendy dance in a crop top and become an internet sensation overnight? Like that was just not for me. And that wouldn't have been my goal anyways. But what I thought, I went back to study digital. I worked in retail for you know, 15 years, all the way up to store management level and lockdown kind of scared me because it kind of gave me the, the idea like, okay, maybe this working environment isn't super secure for me going forward. So I went back to college and studied digital marketing and, and that was my whole plan was to be like, okay, I've been doing the influencing thing for almost 10 years and I still haven't made that break yet. So I probably am, like, I'm probably not going to make that break and I enjoy social media. So I'll study to be on the back end of it. And I'll just work for a company doing all, all the content and running social media for them, and it'll be fine. And then with TikTok, I thought to myself, okay, how do I become a consumer? Uh, how do I become a creator on this platform rather than a consumer? Because I'm not, you know, a, like a really handsome, you know, American guy with hair that looks like it was given to him by some god. Now, and, Damien, yeah. put yourself down. I, I had to pay for this. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I just thought like, okay, video is clearly the next evolution in the content and, you know, me fake walking in posy photos is not going to cut anymore. So I need, there needs to be an evolution. Um, and then I saw people, I saw the app change. I saw people doing guitar lessons on it. I saw people cooking on it. And then I said, okay, so maybe there is a space for other content on this platform. And then I saw a couple of um, fashion creators doing like get ready with me videos and 
please, anybody who listen to this, do not scroll back for two and a half years onto my TikTok <laughs> because the videos are god awful. But essentially, it was like me doing really terrible transitions. It was like, here's a grey suit, three ways, and then like click my fingers or cover the camera. It was really, really bad. And then somebody asked in the comments about my tattoos, and Megan, you'll know, or anybody who watches my content will know that I'm very particular about the quality of my content. Like, even now, like, I'm recording on this, like, big mic and everything else like that, so it sounds all nice and clean because I'm a little bit OCD with that sort of thing. So I went out and bought a mic just so I could speak the camera so the audio was clean just to answer one person's question. And it was about tattoos. And then that video went, like, I wouldn't say viral, but was by far my best performing TikTok video and then I kind of thought to myself okay the more I give of my personality and you know the little nuggets of knowledge that I may have the more it seems to engage with people and then they were asking for more tattoo content and then I thought to myself okay maybe tattoo content is is my thing but then it was taking me like six or seven days just to make a single 90 second TikTok video because I'd have to go and cross-reference all the research make sure that what I'm talking about is actually, I'm not a tattoo artist and I'm not a tattoo historian, I just have tattoos, so I know a little bit about it. Um, but I was going and like going to tattoo blogs and this tattoo shops magazine and online blog and cross-referencing all these meanings and the placements and what the placements mean and what the meanings mean, the historical meanings, the meanings before it was a tattoo and how those meanings change over time, all this sort of stuff. It was taking days to make a 90-second video, so I thought to myself, this is not sustainable. There's no way I can create content on that scale at this level. It just takes up way too much time. And I was working a day job at the same time as well. So I was like, this is just not working. So then I was just like, well, fashion's always been my thing anyway. <clears throat> Excuse me. So how do I make fashion my thing? And then I'd already kind of built up the confidence to like speak on camera. So then I was like, okay, I'll just talk through my outfits and explain why I'm putting the things together. Um, and then I started making those videos and then I lost 10,000 followers. And I was like, oh, oh Crap, crap. <laughs> but that's because people had signed up for the tattoo content and then all of a sudden, overnight, it changed to fashion content. They were just like, mm. this is not for me, unfollow. And I was like, yeah, whatever, I'll gain those 10,000 back, don't worry about it. Um, and sure enough, I did. Like, pretty quickly, those videos started to perform really well. Um, but then, like most social media platforms, algorithms change every other mm-hmm. day. And my videos were, like, six minutes long. And it was taking me, like two to three hours to edit these videos and I was doing these like every single morning and one morning I woke up and I just thought I I really cannot be arsed to spend 10 minutes talking through an outfit and then have to spend like three hours editing this just so it gets like a few views because my views had tanked Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it was because my videos were really long so people weren't actually watching the whole video they were like scrolling on after like 30 seconds so then instead of going trousers from this brand in this fabric with these pleats and this torn up and da 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 I just went trousers, short, timepiece, synth. And then that's how the formula that everybody's got to know, that's how it was created, out of laziness, essentially. Because, it was, <laughs> I love because it. I was just too lazy to make the really long video. And then that video was one of my first videos to do like a million views. Um, and then I just literally stuck with that formula. Um, and then, yeah, there was like a small series on TikTok where people were asking me to... You know, can you do like a James Bond look or can you do like um, John Wick or a Western style look? And I was trying to explain how small little tiny style details can take like a normal suit to make it look like a Peaky Blinders suit or to make Mm. it look like, you know, Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. There's really minor detail changes to your average suit. And that series done kind of well and then, yeah, kind of took off from there. 
1.2 million followers as we speak on Instagram, over a million again on TikTok. I mm. mean, it's just been amazing. I have to say, I do enjoy it because you have that click, click, clap. Is yes. that right? Yeah. I'm not yeah, yeah, click, so. it was like click, click, clap. Yes. Yeah. And like, I just think it's funny, like that little thing just kind of, it, something like that just kind of just takes off. And I see an awful lot of people now replicating what you're doing and mm. tagging you to say, look what I'm doing, Damien. And, you know, you have definitely created something really unique there. Yeah. yeah and even that almost happened by mistake. So did like the click, click clap so originally how it started like you clapped at the beginning of this to spike the audio so you can sync it later on yeah so the clap was for that because i don't record any tiktoks or reels on a phone it's all on my camera and i'm mic'd up so i do have to sync the audio later on to make sure that it's all like really perfect because i'm a bit anal about all that thing um but the the clicking it was originally on the back of the hand um so it was like mm-hmm. that and then that so it was like click click clap click click so it alternate and that was almost like um, a self-stimulating thing. So I'd be sitting there going, okay, this is what I need to do today. And then this, and then this, and then this, and then this, and then this. And I was doing that in the videos and then, and then clapping to spike the audio. And then I would say, it's Tuesday, let's get dressed or whatever. But when I was editing it, I would edit out the, the clicks and just leave the clap in. Because the clap was almost like a, the hook, get ready, I'm about to speak. Mm-hmm. And then one video, one mistake, I left the clips, in, the clicks in, and then all the comments were about the clicks, so I just left them all in, and it's <laughs> been that way it. ever since. Every single video since then has had the clicks. So it's funny. It's nearly like when you stopped actually trying, everything happened. Do you know, like, like authentic. Yeah, anno- annoyingly, yeah. The, yeah. Like the more authentic you are, obviously, the, the the more authentic you are, obviously, I think the better it is. I think inf- like being an influencer has been around for so long now, and like the general public if you want to call them that have become so much more glued in to how influencers are and work as opposed to they were 10 15 years ago like they can see right through the bullshit they can see if someone is not being genuine they can see when it's fake when it's not because the wool can no longer be pulled over the eyes anymore they're just so used to it now so the more authentic you are the better opportunity you have to grow because you will eventually find your audience like across multiple platforms you're talking billions and billions and billions of people so all you have to do is tap into a small percentage of those billions and then you have a really big audience and if you are unapologetically yourself eventually you will find those audience those people will eventually find your content it's just unfortunate you do have to save through a little bit of crap to get there but it's no big deal <laughs> i do want to ask of course about your style because this is you know your style is I personally love your style. Uh, who or what, like, where did the inspiration come from? Because you've always been stylish. As long as I've known you, you've been stylish. So where does it come from? Like, where did you kind of find, right, this is my look and this is what I like? Um, I don't I think I started really young. Like, any, any time I'm asked that, I always think back to, like, this sounds so ridiculous, but, like, for any international followers that aren't of, you know, the Catholic religion here in Ireland, like, well, not here in Ireland, but when I was in Ireland, um, you grow up <laughs> Catholic whether you like it or not and you make your holy communion whether you like it or not but when I made my communion that was the first time I was brought to a tailor's and had a suit that was essentially built for me and I think that moment when I put clothes on that fit exactly how they should fit and then that feeling that I got was like whoa and then seeing people's reaction to it like when I went out for a meal with my parents and seeing like much older men you know come up and compliment how I was dressed and so I know it was my communion so I wasn't dressed like that every day but just seeing the reaction to people like when they nudge and they say oh look a suit or whatever and then that reaction I think kind of planted the seed but um, my granddad wore a suit for 
every day for as long as I knew him. The only time he didn't wear a suit was on a Sunday when he came home from mass. He would take off his jacket and put on a V-neck jumper, but his tie was still on, and that was every single day. Um, and my dad was in the army and then in the navy, and then when he came out of the the military side, he went into the merchant navy. So he was on ships and had to wear like a naval uniform pretty much all the time. So I think the formality aspect probably comes from them too. But I remember weeks and weeks after my. Um, communion i was still wearing my paint and leather communion shoes around the house because it was the only fancy thing that i owned at the time so i think even way back then i still had it inside and it was only when you grow up like obviously most people you go through your phases so you went through your emo kid phase and whatever else and then yeah when i hit my early 20s and i started to you know work and find myself and grow my own self-confidence and really stop caring what other people thought about me I just started to wear what I wanted and I had my own money to go out and buy the things that I wanted to wear and then that's when it that's when it started and then it's just evolved from there for you know over 10 years now amazing and just you mentioned as well sorry so you live in Italy right now yes you're actually not in Ireland anymore when did you move that's so cool um what date it'll be two months on the 4th of June it'll be two months Wow. Yeah, and there has been a lot of travel in there. I think I've been in ten cities in the last three weeks or something like that. So there's Jesus, there's, quite, there's, there's quite a bit of travel yeah. in between. But um, yeah, it, like it's it's really nice here. Like I live in Umbria, so it's like it's not a major big city like um, like Florence or Milan or Rome. But I'm like ten minutes to a train station that in an hour can get me to Florence, or in an hour the opposite direction can get me to Rome. So it's really well connected and it's super handy. But then on the opposite side of that, it's super quiet. Like it's like there's a real like community based. I suppose if you're from the countryside in Ireland, you'll know what that's like living in a close knit community. Um, I have that here. The only difference is we all have to use Google Translate until I learn how to speak Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Why Italy though, Damien? What was this? What was it that brought you to Italy? Um, I went on a wellness retreat here uh, for four oh. days. Um, so a couple of friends of mine had been on a wellness retreat here before. Um. A girl called uh, Jen, so wellness, Zen Jen, I think the the handle is. And I had a couple of friends that were on that before. And then one of my good friends was actually working on the retreat and said, I, I think you'd really benefit from coming out on this. And this was like very soon after me hitting a million. And I think the guys running the retreat could really see a lot of people tugging me in different directions. Everybody, want, everybody wanted a slice of the pie once, they, once it hit one million. And they just said, I think you'd really benefit by coming out and almost like not being on your phone so often for four days and doing meditation workshops and going on like nice hikes and everything is like super quiet. And I said, okay, yeah, like I'm, I'm pretty much a yes person. If someone says, I want to do this, I'm like, yeah, if it's not going to kill me, I'll do it. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, okay, I've never done this before, but I'll give it a bash. And yeah, I came out and like the, the retreat was amazing like it really opened my eyes up to so much and especially all the the manifestation side of things and speaking things into reality um, and I was probably doing a lot of that even before knowing about it if that makes sense so I remember sitting there and being like well, if I show up to Instagram every single day and do these reels every single day I'll hit a million followers I'll be the biggest influencer in Ireland and it'll be all organic and then it happened so I suppose it's, it's probably what the workshop is all about um, and that's not not to say you can't just sit there and be like, I'll have a million subs on YouTube in a week. It doesn't work like that. You actually, you actually have to show up and put in the work, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then after the retreat was done, 
um, there's a small village uh, down from the the hotel is technically like a contemporary monastery like it's bizarre you sleep in monk cells and all it's mental um, and then we came to the village because it was St. Patrick's Day and obviously we were all Irish and they threw like a big St. Patrick's Day um, party in, in the village and they have these big communal ovens which sounds bizarre right um, so everybody obviously has their own kitchens in their house but they have communal ovens so if there's a party for the village they can cook food at scale for like everybody and there's oh, a guy called cool. Johnny who's a that. chef and he was in the oven and he's like cooking away and I was like standing in the oven and the, the UEFA Champions League so um, to younger viewers listen to this close your ears for like two seconds um, so the UEFA Champions League fixtures had just come out and we were talking about um, Benfica the Portuguese football club but good in Italian is Bene and pussy in Italian is Fica so the running joke was Benfica football bad Benfica good so that was like the running joke and it sounds bizarre that like me and five men were standing in an oven making jokes and I don't speak Italian and none of them spoke English um, and then it was after that then I was kind of just like I, I actually really like it here everybody's like so sound the next morning I got a message on Instagram just saying aperitivo with a question mark the lads were like inviting me down at half nine in the morning to drink Aperol spritzes and a groanie oh and I was, I was just like this is the life like this is insane here um, and then I got home um, and then I texted a couple of friends that, that I have living here and I was just like, I feel homesick and I don't even live there. Um, and then I was just like, no girlfriend, no wife, no kids, no mortgage, no nothing. I'm just going to go. <laughs> I'm just going to go. And then, yeah, yeah I think I think I booked a flight and it was about, I think I remember counting down the days. It was like 28 days till I flew or something. And then I was just like, what am I actually waiting for? I'm ready to go now. So I just changed my flight and then it was in like four days and then I moved over. Jesus. Oh my God, there's no hanging around with you. Four days. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, literally four days. I just packed, as, I literally packed as much as I possibly could into a suitcase uh, and then flew. And then, as I mentioned, I was in like 10 cities or whatever and then I was in Dublin before flying to Amsterdam and I packed as much as I possibly could into a big 20 kilo case. And I didn't even open the 20 kilo case. So I went from Amsterdam to Pisa, Pisa to Florence, Florence home. And I barely even opened the 20 kilo case because it was literally just like all clothes that I was just trying to bring here for living here. Like, So it was, uh, it was mad. We're quick. Well, and you know what though? I think as well, Italy, you know, the men in Italy as well, and women, are all very fashionable. So, mm-hmm. you know, how are you finding that now? Like, do you know, like in Ireland, I think uh, some people are... Um, you know, you wouldn't see as many people walking around as fashionably as you would be. So oh, what's it like over there? Are, are the men really stylish? It depends where, where you go. So like where I live in Umbria, a lot of the men dress a lot more practical. Um, so a lot of them like grow their own fruit and veg. They make their own wine. They go out and hunt. Ooh. So they're all wearing clothes that's applicable to their lifestyle. Um but it's funny seeing some of my influence because my friend actually mentioned that Johnny that I mentioned the chef anytime he invites me um, like for a drink or a bit of food or anything like that he always wears like nice clothes and he'll put like a hat on <laughs> um, because he knows he's meeting me so he puts more effort in uh, and like, people have like pointed it out and be like Damien he's doing this because of you um, oh, which cute. I find so funny um, but when you go down to any of the cities like if you're in Florence or if you're in Rome or anything like that um, yeah you see like a lot of men even if they're just going to work, like the the level of, like, 
it's it's really hard to describe because they do it so effortlessly. It's almost like they just like roll out of bed into the wardrobe and out the other end like Pee Wee Herman. But instead of looking like Pee Wee Herman, they look like some sort of tanned Adonis. Like <laughs> it's it's ridiculous how easy they make. Like I don't know how to explain it. There's no word. The Italians have a word called sprezzatura, which means essentially like the art of effortlessness. It's like carelessness. Yeah. It's like it's looking really well put together, but like you're not trying to look really well put together. If that makes sense. And That's every what Italian tries man to go for, yeah. just every Italian man just does that with such ease. And like no matter what they're wearing, you're just like man, that dude is so cool. And nobody looks at me here because I look normal. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you think. And so, like, would yeah. we ever catch you then in a pair of sweatpants, or is that something that just doesn't happen? Not in public. <laughs> Not in public. No, I think, like, any anytime somebody asks me for that, like, for me personally, like, sweatpants or, or gym gear, and this is no disrespect to anybody that wants to wear that. Like, whatever you're happy, comfortable, and confident in, go rock it. I don't care if it's a skirt and Crocs or if it's a gym shark shit. Yeah, it's just not for me. That's you, Megan. <laughs> for Crocs. <laughs> yeah, Crocs. Um, <laughs> For me, gym gear is for the gym or for exercising. Like, whether you're running outside mm. or running in the gym, that's just my standpoint on it. I don't wear snorkels and flip-flops walking down the street the same way I don't wear <laughs> gym gear walking down the street. That's just me. Um, people can wear whatever they want to wear. That's just my kind of, probably a really weird, warped mindset on how to dress, but it's just, it's just what it is. It's not at all. No, like, it I completely, agree with you. Yeah, it completely determines how you feel for the day and how you present yourself in every situation, so not at all. Yeah, and I find as well, if I wear, I'm like you, I so I want, I try to just wear gym gear for exercise because I find if I start wearing it in the every, if I start wearing it like normally, then, so what I do is when I get home from work and I want to go to the gym, I'll just throw the gym gear on. So when my gym gear's on, in my head, my head goes, you're going to exercise. Yeah, it's so like So I a don't want to take away from that. Yeah, so I don't want to take away from that. So I'm afraid that if I was to wear that kind of tracksuit gear more often, then it it would just become like my, my outfit. So I was like, no, so that I'm kind of like you in that sense. I try to keep it strict because... Plus, it's like it's too, it's nice to kind of just dress up now. We were so long locked up in lockdown and mm. kind of yeah. just going around our houses. It's nice to wear the clothes that we own, and that's kind of the whole point of this podcast is for people to love what they have in their wardrobe and to actually give it the light of day. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I think even like lockdown was a prime example of you know how getting dressed can really make you feel. Like lockdown was really tough on a lot of people, and I found that really tough because I felt really like uh, confined. Like the whole like five k from your house thing, like like that's the thing that I struggled most with the fact that I couldn't go on like walks I couldn't my family lived on the other side of the city so I couldn't see any of my family or anything like that mm. so getting dressed and just that feeling of okay I'm dressed I can start my day now even though I'm not doing anything for the day it was just that feeling in my head and even when I was like when lockdown finished and everybody was still working from home and everything like that like people were just like you're wearing a tie working from home like are you on crack and I'm like no, but like I feel more productive if I'm if I'm dressed yeah. properly, because like some people work from their kitchen or from their sofa or everything else. Like I set up like the box room to to work, and then I went into into my other room and got dressed, and then walked from that room to the box room and sat there fully dressed to work for a few hours a day. And people were like, "You're absolutely nuts," and I'm like, "No," because I'm trying to create the same routine. I get dressed mm-hmm. for work. My commute just happens to be across the hall rather than like across the city. But the switch in my brain st- remains the same. I'm getting ready for work, I'm going to work, and then when I'm at work, I'm in work mode, and then when work is finished, then I can relax for the evening. When if I sit there in sweatpants, there's a huge 
chance that I would minimize the window and then probably have Netflix on that thing because I'm in a more relaxed kind of feel, yeah. if that makes sense, and I wouldn't feel as productive. So I envy the people that can wear sweatpants <laughs> and still be productive. It's just not me. Yeah, and no, I found the same as I well. like. I just have to put on makeup, especially. And there are the days then you'd kind of feel better because you put on a bit of makeup and did a bit of made a bit of an effort when yeah. you're working from home. You actually, it kind of just would lift your mood and I found out since we've gotten back out um, I'm going to the office more often even though I don't have to because I actually like getting up getting dressed going in mm. and having the crack and kind of having that bounce off people but um, Damien I know I saw you're in Kentucky oh my god it's on my bucket list because I'm obsessed with horse racing mm. um, and I'd say it was amazing over there but like what have you got coming up next what's next for Damien Broderick Ooh, so yeah to touch on Kentucky that was like I've never been in America before so doing a collaboration with Churchill Downs was absolutely huge. They flew us out like first class. We were in the turf club, so I was surround, oh. surrounded by like millionaires. And I'm like, I'll put ten dollars on this horse, and they're like, I'll put twenty k on this. And I'm just like, what is going on? It was insane, um, and it was really bizarre because like when I'm in Ireland, I get noticed on the street like the very odd time, like and it's generally like. I don't know, some like 16 year old and be like, oh, you're the young man, you know, can I get a photo? And then his mates are like, okay, I'm a photo. And then like, that's generally the interaction. But in America, it was like a, like a whole other level. Like it was actually insane. I was like getting stopped like every five, 10 minutes. Like it was wow. insane. Wow. We we're in Atlanta airport and it was like, I was, that was the first time in my entire life that I got a glimpse into what I must be like for a celebrity. And even on, like, a small scale, I was like, this is just bizarre. Like, it was actually mental. And I knew that I had a large American audience, but I really didn't expect to be noticed so quickly and so often. But it was just insane. And the atmosphere at the Derby is just unbelievable. Like, it starts early and then it just, like, builds and builds and builds for the day. And then when the main race happens, it's, like, this big crescendo because everybody is, like, putting all their money on that big one. And uh, yeah, it's insane. But next one, um, I'm collaborating again with World Horse Racing Socials to do ASCOT. And I've never done oh, ASCOT before. Amazing. So I'm really looking forward to, um, obviously the style element. So like Royal ASCOT is all morning wear. So I'll have to like wear a morning dress and a top hat, which I've never got to wear before. Um, so I'm collaborating with a tailor back in Dublin. So he's making me a morning wear suit and a top hat and everything else like that. So that'd be really, yeah. really fun. Um, and then what have I got after that? Um, I'm going to play cricket in, uh, at Lords with Oris Watches in July. Um, oh my God, Damien, you're killing me here. I think that'll be really fun <laughs> because, like, obviously, like cricket and Lords is like quintessentially British, and they bring an Irish yeah. guy along. So I just think it's hilarious. I'm just going to ask them, hey, can you do you have any green cricket pads? Um, but yeah, that'll be a bit of crack. Uh, and then after uh, that's kind of the only two kind of big ones. Um, a lot of family and friends are going to kind of trickle over to Italy a bit because um, my birthday is in July so and then obviously the weather gets really good here in June, oh, July yeah. so some friends and family are going to pop over for a couple of days here and there over the next two months so it'll be really nice to kind of show them around and show them where I'm now living and introduce them to the friends that I've made and stuff like that so yeah, summer's looking like it'll be kind of nice and yeah, I'm kind of not taking too much paid work on at the moment I'm kind of trying to focus on my YouTube and kind of build that up and um, like the whole reason of trying to build YouTube up and monetize YouTube is so my other channels that have the big following don't become so ad centric 
um, yeah. just because I like I want that relationship to to remain really organic with my audience and not be like flooded with ads. I do have to earn money. It's how I survive, mm-hmm. but I don't want to be bombarding them with ads all the time. So I am r- super picky with the brands that I work with on a paid basis. Um, but the whole point of building the YouTube and monetizing that is like I earn good money off of content that people already enjoy without me having to shove products down their mouths. Um, so that's kind of the idea. It's like anti-influencing almost. <laughs> yeah, that's what they say now, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I'd rather influence people to like, you know, explore their personal style and, and be themselves and as, as cliche and soppy as that sounds. I'd rather influence people to do that rather than be like, buy product X or do service Y, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, don't, like, other things would work really well, like to work with like hotels or uh, tourist boards where I get to go create organic content and it's just around their service or their environment and then that inspires people to go there or visit there. That would be an easy way of getting paid to both remain really organic in terms of the, the content. But I'm always really conscious about, you know, teetering that balance of me earning money, but also not like ramming products down people's mouths. Nobody wants a telly shopping Instagram channel. <laughs> it's just like hitting that sweet spot, I suppose. But I think as I said to you earlier, like people are starting to um, emulate what you're doing, you know, and but they tag you as well to let you know that you influence them to make their click, click, clap video in the yeah, morning. Yeah, and it's really the, funny because like there's some really big creators that have like basically mimicked the formula down, like literally like scene for scene. Um, minus the clicks um, and even like their comments just get flooded with tags from me um, and I'm just like look there's plenty of space for everybody on the internet I didn't invent getting dressed like that is my formula to a degree but um, I, did, I didn't invent getting dressed and I certainly didn't invent getting dressed on camera um, I mean so yeah like if it inspires people to you know create content and build the confidence enough to put that content out on the internet that's enough of a reward for me in itself um, because if they're dressing like that and putting it out onto the internet they're definitely dressing like that in their everyday and walking the streets in that manner so that's enough of a reward for me in itself that I'm inspiring people to explore their style and you know be unapologetic with it and care less about what people think um, yeah and wearing less Nike tech tracksuits and Canada Goose jackets or whatever else like <laughs> no disrespect to Canada Goose I've done a collaboration with them a few weeks ago but, um, <laughs> it's just like, like, yeah, yeah. It, it's just more so like that like you know if you're in Dublin you see essentially it's like the Dublin young man's uniform like where everybody dresses the very same um, and when I come to a place like Italy where nobody dresses the same you know, everybody yeah, has their own like personal style um, and there's there's less kind of focus on like what's on trend or what's quote unquote fashionable it's just like no this is my style this is what I wear and they're really unapologetic with it and I love that and the Americans are like that as well like at Derby like you would not believe the stuff people are wearing at Derby like you're just like I'm fairly brave with my fashion choices but these are on a whole other level so yeah I think if you just take a little bit of inspiration I wouldn't go wearing a full suit that looks like it's made out of ticket stubs but um yeah, it's just it's just more the mindset. I think I wish I wish people that would uh, just take little bits of those nuggets on board. Yeah, of course. Oh yeah, I absolutely love it. I have to say, I think Damien, we safe to say we could probably stay talking to you for a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but we actually have I think we've pretty much come to the end but we just want to say I don't think I told you this but this is actually our season 2 finale so you have been oh, our, wow. our grand finale so thank well, you very much thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> didn't want to put the pressure on you you know I didn't want to spoil it for you uh, but yeah no you've been the, our finale so we have to say thank you so much for taking the time and said you are in Italy so the fact that you came on here to chat to us we did record this earlier in the morning which I think you're an hour ahead mm-hmm. or two hours an hour one an hour, hour ahead yeah, yeah. Um, love watching your content Damien Broderick across um, social media for all those videos um, I would try do the click I would try emulate it myself but I'm I'm not even there you try. go <laughs> hey get in there I'll t- it needs work, needs work. <laughs> there we hey. go honestly though thank you so no, much thank you yeah, it was such a pleasure and uh, we look forward to seeing you back in Dublin. We'll have to catch up with you. Sharon lives in Dublin. I'm obviously in Limerick, but you know what? We'll do a, a coffee and a, that Italian style coffee when you're home. Oh yeah, and I'll show you how to I'll I'll show you how to smear the coffee on top of the, the cup. Yes, exactly. <laughs> David Broderick has said Gurmil Milmaga. Thank Ciao. you so much. Bye. Bye.